0: What up, B-Siders? My name is Orlando Thompson. Welcome back. My guest today is David Kirkland. This is episode 13 of the B-Side, brought to you by Some College Radio. Now, him and I had tons to talk about, so let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, I got my headphones here. I should listen
1: to it. You know, so professional. This is like a Nash.
0: Yeah, man. This is a, you know, I do this. <laughs> Let's see what we sound like. I sound, I sound pretty good. How do you do sound? I sound pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Pretty good. I sound good. All right. So what's up, man? Welcome to the B side.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. <clears throat> the B side.
0: Um, I just. Uh, this isn't the first time I've stopped at a place and been fed. And this time we had uh, chili.
1: I like to feed people.
0: Chili with cornbread, corn muffins.
1: You yeah, had that overcooked. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So you could eat the top of them, and not the bottom. So some people like that, the the brown part. Stephanie yeah. likes the brown part. The burnt not, part.
1: Not just me being the brown part, but <laughs> she likes crispy fries. She likes everything burnt. But I'm not really burnt. I'm not like Wesley Snipes.
0: No, nah, you're not even as dark as I am.
1: No, no. Well,
0: what do you call that?
1: A I don't complexion? know. Complexion? I don't know. It's not caramel. <laughs> My mom was high yellow, for sure. You know that term, Like almost right? passing? Yeah, totally passing. Really? Yeah. Oh, you got a picture of her? <laughs> a big ass, like, funeral picture. <laughs> you just can't throw away. You know
0: uh, what i I think
1: my. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Not totally passing, though.
1: Not totally. But when, Not when totally she was passing. younger, yeah. Yeah. She had, oh, like, yeah, for super jet sure. black hair. Yeah. You know, totally light eyes. Mm hmm. When those eyes got clear, that's when you knew you was in trouble.
0: This really <laughs> is a big ass picture.
1: Yeah, it's from her memorial. Oh, that came from like on the easel with like the plants and stuff. Exactly. Wow. exactly. And that's actually a picture from our wedding when she was out in San Francisco. Oh, okay. So,
0: how often do you take her out like this?
1: Not. This is the first time she's been out in a long time. She's been hiding behind a bookcase for like a good year and a half. <laughs> she looked very happy to be part of our conversation yeah, right well, now. She is, well, look, now you got a third member to the v today. <laughs> What was, what was your name? Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Camellia Gamble. Hello, Miss Camellia. Everybody called her Mel. Uh, and then for this horrible time in the 70s where like my mom gained like a little bit of weight. Uh-huh. Actually, a lot of weight. She was a little woman. My stepfather would call her Albert. <laughs> and it stuck. So there's a group of her friends who just call her Albert. That's not right, man. Said, well, <laughs> you know... She answered to it, so I mean, what are you going to do?
0: Oh, man. Oh, um, uh, so before we start, yes, tell us who you are. Give me an elevator pitch.
1: Uh, my name is David Kirkland. Um, I am a restaurateur, um, a DJ, and um, I like to look at art. That's pretty good. That's, that's pretty succinct. Yeah. Is that good? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so, where where's your mom from?
1: She is from here, from St. Louis. We're all from St. Louis. My family originally is from the South.
0: Okay. <clears throat> what part of this? Is this the South? that they consider this the South?
1: <laughs> yeah. It is the South, but the Mason-Dixon line runs through. So, like, there's some, like, northern parts that are considered free and some southern parts are weren't. And it's just a weird time. And a lot of civil rights things happened right in St. Louis and in Missouri. But... Specifically, downtown St. Louis, like, a lot.
0: Do you guys ever feel like you got overlooked a little bit because of Birmingham? No. Like, like you guys are known for civil rights,
1: whereas we are, like... You are in it. We're, you're right, like, right. Would you say that Birmingham was the catalyst? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, Birmingham would be, like, the quarterback. No, that's true. <laughs> right, 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 right. It was more of a, <laughs> a progeny type thing, too, right? I mean. You know, it starts in the deep south with all the, the feels and emotions. not like there's not feels and emotions here, too, mm-hmm. but it's it's raw there. And as it travels up north, maybe it grows or it loses some of the rawness. Yeah. But it's still there and it's still tender. You know, it still happened. So that lady, my mom, mm-hmm. was in a civil rights protest or march when Martin Luther King came here. And she remembered telling me stories about getting sprayed at the water hose. You know. So yeah, it was here.
0: What do you think about um what do you think about marching today? <laughs> two thousand <laughs> two thousand
1: seventeen.
0: <not> <laughs> 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 because I always mention it and you know, people look at me funny. So, you know, what do you think about marching today in two thousand seventeen?
1: I don't know, like so I was a protest I was an activist protester in, you know, some Gulf War things and you know went to a lot of like classes on civil disobedience and how to behave when you protest and how to protect people who know they're going to get arrested, mm-hmm. you know knowing your rights um, you know we've just like this last protest phase, we shut down fifty five right by the brewery because that's where the defense mapping agency was, and you know it felt really good about that, you know yeah. like but there was no like outside group of like, um, I don't want to say aggression, but back to the word feels. There's so more feels in in this movement. Like people, I guess, are frustrated. You know, like Stokely Carmichael of SNCC, and that's not his current Muslim name, but I can't think of it right now. <laughs> but he said, you know, if if you have a problem with something and you're marching in the streets and it doesn't change, don't get mad. you said, like, "Go vote, you right? Know? Like, go do something about it, right? But you know, breaking a window, what's that going to do? You know, like right? And at the time, I was like, that makes a lot of sense, you know. But as I, I don't want to say matured because I don't want to ever disenfranchise or devalue any of these people that right. are protesting now because what they feel is what they feel, and it's valid. It's completely valid, but I think that. There's a lot of people who just want to generate a lot of negative energy in hopes of creating an awareness, and I think that's misguided because there's 10 to 2, the 10 being the people who wanted to be peaceful and hear a message and get the point across, but then those two out of every 10 person wants to like aggravate the situation mm. and. You know, like if it's not on the news, then no one knows about it. If I can't, right. if I can't put it on Periscope, if I can't put it on Facebook Live or Instagram Live, then nobody knows about right. it. Right. Right. So that's that's the difference to me.
0: Martin Luther King and all that—they definitely made it on television.
1: Yeah, but yeah, but it was like slow motion on TV. I mean, but you have to think about it. Like that was like outstanding to see that many people march on TV. Right. Because that got people in like. Wyoming, like,
0: but oh, but didn't know about it, but I think, but I feel like he was like, you know, this is how we get on Facebook, you know, 1960.
1: Oh, sure. You right. know, what I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I'm sure like they had all these meetings with like people in charge, They're like, all right, we're gonna let you march, we're gonna do this, but right. You have to do it this way, and, and he was like, all right, well, then I want this way, like, there's right,
0: like, there gotta be some cameras there, we gotta, right, gotta right. Be some, so evidence. maybe
1: that's like I've said this before about. Politics now that there is so much transparency that now you can't have all these closed door talks that people work deals out.
0: Uh, you know, like right.
1: before back in the day, you're like, if you do this for me, I'll do this for you, right? And nobody was like writing an expose about it. Nobody was like recording it and everything it on, is out now, right? It, everything. Everything's transparent. Yep, and that's good. I'm, <laughs> I'm not saying that that's wrong, but I think. There's a lot more bipartisanship back in the day when you could do things behind closed doors. And, you know, let's just say, let's just blame lobbyists for everything. <laughs> <laughs> because you don't have any of these special interests who are trying to lobby more for what they think is more important than someone else. Right. So now they're, you're coming at all these different angles and, like, politicians are like, I could potentially get paid for this, you know? And they do, or back in the day they did. Right, right, right. 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 Because you have legacy family members like, my father was the senator from this great state, (laughs) so I think I'd be great as a lieutenant governor. You know, like, so people have this legacy thing in their mind where, like, I'm going to do it just like my daddy did, but Dude, that was like in 1945, 1950. You and do that, it like your daddy did. You're going to it's jail. It's going to be on, time, um, on CNN. <laughs> it's going to be all over Facebook. Yeah. And you can't. You can't. You're going to jail, like you said. you going to jail. Yeah. Ooh. Or you're going to have a very bad few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> What'd your parents do? <laughs> <laughs> uh, they both worked in the transportation industry. Oh. Oddly enough. What? My father was um, a driver for Greyhound all the way up into the strike, and oh, wow. went on strike for several years. And <clears throat> as a result, has a deep hatred for Ronald Reagan. Uh, so every now and again, if someone brings up like <laughs> inflation or gas prices, he will always fall back on Ronald Reagan. <laughs> That's why Reagan messed it up for everybody. That's exactly how again. I'm not going to go into it. Because It's very long. <laughs> And my mother worked for Southern Railways. Okay. Um, She was, I guess, a yard clerk, like a chief yard clerk. What that? So they would, the train company would get a manifest from the the train stop, maybe 100 miles or so up or whatever, and it would have all the numbers on all the cars Mm -hmm. pre-scanning. Okay. Right. So, my mom would go out to the yard because as the trains come to the yard, they had slowed down to a certain speed, like I think 15 to 20 miles, just by law. Right. Because they're going through where people are working, right? And my mom, I think, would get the first five numbers on the cars. Right. And so she'd go blah, 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 blah. And then she'd start tracking them. Oh, wow.
0: And
1: just remember the numbers and kind of like, yeah them down for the cars she would have the manifest but she each
0: would... individual car yeah, yeah. wow okay yeah,
1: but it, i mean it wasn't going like normal it's, okay so it's just... <laughs> but it's still going through the yard slow enough but she still would have to right you know and then she would go into i guess the control room and then just key them oh wow and send them on and they would have a manifest for the next one uh
0: just to
1: make sure it's was good right so that was her job for a long time. We but still got then,
0: train robbers though. I mean, isn't that they see if somebody separate a car and steal all the gold? I, I mean...
1: guess, or maybe it's just inventory. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. The gold, right? I don't know what was in cars back then. <laughs> she was in East St. Louis, so we would drive back and forth, and sometimes I would like hang out in the office. And that was cool. I remember that. I remember her coworkers. And they're pretty fun. Um, that was a fun time. Like that's when life was like good for us because they both were working. And I would have to say it was 75, 76, yeah, 77, maybe a little 78. 78 is when we moved out to the suburbs, like the Jeffersons. We're moving on up. Oh, um, but like we would go to Red Lobster like every Friday, right? <laughs> or or some buffet every Friday because it was payday, right? Damn,
0: Yeah, had payday dinners,
1: did man. We was like eat crazy. My mom used to take. This is one place I can't think of the name of it, Old Country Buffet. No, that's not it, it could be, but before Old Country Buffet, it was okay. But anyway, it was a crab night Friday, and they do it every month. (laughs) She would take a purse, an empty purse, and go up to the crab legs and fill her bag with with crab legs, right? And then get her plate and go sit down and get some more food. Uh Did she at least put a bag in the bag? probably like plastic I, bag. I I all I know is that we didn't talk about it and uh, didn't point it out I was just like she'd be like Let's. it was oh, so man. funny that was I mean like everybody would go out to eat and yeah. you know like and then like Reagan was elected and shit hit the fan like you know I guess maybe towards the end like when gas prices was bad, I remember waiting in line for um for gas. At that time, you probably don't remember because you're super young, but
0: mm.
1: long lines waiting for gas. And my dad, like, bitching about it. <laughs> gas, you'd be 79 cents, right? Like, twenty i I'm like, $1.29. And that was inflation, right? <clears throat> and then, so, like, things started, like, going wrong. Like, um, Greyhound went on strike and they were serious about it. Like, you know, scabs would cross the line and they were Oh wow. You know, so then dudes started like taking guns to like um protest and, right. and strike. Um they were shooting at buses. Gosh damn. <laughs> yeah. Right, like just trying to shoot the tires. Right. It was their livelihood, you know, it was yeah. I think it was literally just over like pennies, right? They wanted more money per mile. For driving. Wow. And they're like, no. And this is people who are like seasoned driver like 10 plus year drivers. It wasn't like. So the union was like, well, we're out. So then Reagan fired everybody and hired all these trailways people to do all the runs. And there was like a lot of men out of work, you know. And they still were striking, they still were filing employment because these were like. Men that had integrity, right? You know, I keep saying that word, <laughs> And but it means a lot, you know. Like, yeah, and they felt that it was owed to them, and they didn't think they could lose their job because they didn't do anything wrong. Right? That's crazy. So they all lost their jobs, and then my mom kind of got sick a little bit after that. She had a um, panic attack going across the bridge. She didn't really like driving. It took her a long time to get her license. Yeah. So whenever she would drive. Um, the highway, stressed her F out, right? And she would just sit and smoke and smoke, and we'd sit with the windows, like, put our nose to the window and crack it because we couldn't roll the window all the way down or we'd get in trouble. And she was driving across the bridge, and I think a truck came too close to her, and she just lost it and stopped the car and was in a catatonic state. On the bridge. Wow. People had to come get her off the bridge. Oh, wow. Right? And I was young, too, at that time. But then after that, you know, like, she never drove a highway again. <laughs> back streets. And <laughs> St. Louis is a grid city, so you can get around. You can get about, everywhere from the back streets. Yeah. Um, but I always remember that time... Oh wow. Yeah. And then like she got another station, like she got another transfer because every time you merge with a different train company, yeah, you lose your seniority unless you've been there for a long time. Oh and so she only really up. had like fifteen years of seniority. Yeah. So her next transfer was supposed to be like Atlanta. And She's like, nah, I'm just gonna take Severance and I'm out. Then the strike happened. And <laughs> so then no adult was working <laughs> at all. And that's when like I think things kind of like went south for my parents as far as that, like they never really like saved, so they never taught me you know like how to like write a check right <laughs> <laughs> or like how to put money in the bank, yeah. you know what I mean like um so like the financial stuff like i didn't I learned the hard knocks like I was just stupid, you know in my youth, you know, and now yeah. like. A hundred million times better. And just because I'm a grown-ass man now. But, you know, like, a lot of people, like, who grew up just in my time frame and in my neighborhood, whatever, like, you know, you weren't taught how to, like, keep a checkbook or savings account, pay bills. Right. And I'm not being flippant at all. No, I mean, you know. You know, like, you know, pay bills, you know. When time was rough, this, they, you know, just...
0: Have you you left you left St. Louis. Where'd you go after St. Louis?
1: I went to Indiana. Indiana. Bloomington for a little college experience. And I realized I couldn't spend a lot of money because I didn't have a lot of money for college. So I enrolled into the Navy reserves.
0: Okay. What was it what was it like being in the Navy?
1: Did you ever get on a boat? Never because I talked to myself. I talked my way <laughs> out of it. There's some things to being a little bit like snarky and smart. It was a good experience. It taught me a lot. It taught me some rigidity that I needed in my life, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, once I got out of A school, it was like an electrician's mate. Um, you know, like I did some time. And then my next duty station was supposed to be. Um, the USS Missouri, which was like mm. the ship that was going to the Gulf at the time, and I was like, uh, "I don't know if i really want to go on the ship." <laughs> right, right about that time, George Bush, Senior, uh-huh. was like closing all these naval and um, all these training stations. Not just naval, but army and everything. Right, and was offering people if they were going to sell their GI Bill. Um, you know, you can get an early out. Oh, right. And I was like, <clears throat> okay. <laughs> and then I moved to Memphis, not directly after that. I'm just abridging. <laughs> there is some time in between where I was a raver. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what did and that? What did that look like? It looked crazy. But there's some time between when I was cooking too. So like, there's this weird window of time. What were you cooking? Were you cooking like? I was cooking at, like, this place called the, um, well, Catering St. Louis is where I kind of really got my start cooking, and then, that's post-college, and then I worked at this place called, um, Frazier's Brown Bag, and then I worked at, like, this place called Once Upon a Vine, and I worked, uh, I delivered bread for this old company that's no longer around, and just whatever I could do, yeah. I was just hustling, you know, yeah. Yeah, I had a lot of energy, and,
0: and you would rave at night?
1: Well, this is pre rave. This is <laughs> this cooking part was like sensitive guitar acoustic guy. I didn't really get into like raving until like maybe ninety five, right? What like, happened? I had this buddy named Jeremy who was really good friends and we used to party all the time and just like go on float trips and just listen to Jane's addiction, nothing shocking. But he was also a hip hop DJ. Okay. And he was a really good DJ. And then we lost touch and came back around. Then he became this drum and bass DJ and house music DJ. And he was looking for a roommate. And I was looking for a roommate, but I was still playing the guitar. Right. right? (laughs) So he came in with his mixer and turntables. And he's like, oh, dude, listen to this. And he plays something like, yeah, it's cool, but listen to this. (laughs) On my guitar. And then we were able to figure out a way for me to plug my guitar into his mixer. Right. And it was horrible, <laughs> you know? But it was um, eye opening for me because then I really paid attention because I just thought he was just a spinner. That's why I called him. Right. And I don't get it wrong, I used to go to clubs and dance. It right. wasn't that at all, but right. I was just like, whatever. Right. But then I watched him and I was like, oh my God, you're producing him live. You're mm. like taking two tracks and mixing them together. Right. Right. So then I started paying attention. So I I went to like my first rave and mine was like and I'd also had been reading a lot of like um <laughs> like Burroughs and and um beat poetry yeah. and like, like all these books on like like um, Timothy, what's his name? The psychedelic trip. Well <sighs> Anyway, these guys, like, took acid and... Oh, they went on
0: that long-ass
1: trip? Yeah, right. And I read that book, and so I was just <laughs> like, whoa, what is this life <laughs> about, right? And at that time, to me, that was my summer of love. Right. For me, right? Because there was, like, this group of people coming from, like, all over to dance. at This one place, they had all these different DJs. You know, we had, like, raves outside. Raves. Yeah. Like, then there's like, all these, like, kind of famous DJs that we loved that we would go see, and then we started having like little mini raves at our wow. house. You know, yeah. these same DJs were coming to our house, and we had like 50 people in this house. You yeah, got, like lots of bad things were happening. <laughs> Not gonna lie. And, but I don't regret one bit because it was a fun time. But then, yeah. as with these groups, just like anything with like um, Woodstock or whatever, right. that time period there's a lot of experimentation there's a lot of things that happen <clears throat> and so it started getting like parties were getting raided oh it was wow on the news so like the new culture do you know what your kids are doing <laughs> right like <laughs> on the news and yeah. um then houses are getting raided like drug raids and things like that and um there was one such raid maybe on a house that I lived in. Maybe wow. it was my house. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to go into great detail. But it was enough for me to like be like, uh, bruh.
0: I think we need to call it. I'm out,
1: right? And I'm a stupid fool, right? I had this bright green Westphalia Volkswagen bus with hippie flowers on it. <laughs> and um when the police came to our house, they were like, "Well, we know what your van looks like," and I was like, "And I was like, yeah, yeah, well. and that blue hair thing at the time too, like, just all kinds of stupid stuff, right? It was stupid, but like I said, I don't regret any of that, and it made me to be like, a, I don't know who I am, you know, like, yeah. um, I learned from it, I learned how to get out of it, and learned how to be smart, moved to Memphis, and." That was bad for a little bit because it, it was a continuation. <laughs> Same friends. Then I moved back to St. Louis and, you know, met my son's mom and we moved out to California and, you know, I started DJing out there. So many people I knew moved to California was like, I'm just going to move. With no money. With I don't no understand money that. It's or a so job. expensive right? over there. Because I had already visited. I knew I was like, uh-uh, we got to save up money. Yeah. And so we did, you know, like, there was like seven of us in a one-bedroom apartment <laughs> for a long time. Um, there was this club called Liquid that we used to go to like on 16th of Mission. And there was this German guy who was playing drum and bass on a Sunday. Uh-huh. One day he like you should come to our house, we're having caprinas. And I was like, okay, what's a caprina? And he's like, it's the best drink. And I was like, okay. So we went over there, and he was playing records, and I had some records. And he goes, you know, I'm moving, you should get my job. And I was like, what? Yeah, just drop heat of tape. And I was like, all right, cool, whatever. So that night, and that's, before I even had, like, decent turntables, I had, like, Belt driven turntable, some like whack little mixer, yeah, and one technique, right? And I had like a boom box that I was playing through, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I made this tape, I dropped this tape off, and I got a call back on Monday. Like, I think he called and left a message, Hey, heard your tape, wanna see if you want to come and DJ on Sundays. And I was Wow, like, no way. Probably didn't say what then because that wasn't a thing back then. Right, no, like, right. If it was now, I'm like, what? <laughs> Um But that happened, right? And I walked in and then and I played to like three people, like for three Sundays in a row. Because <laughs> it was a Sunday, right? Yeah. But I didn't care. I was like, this Ugh. is awesome. <laughs> and then it was Memorial Day weekend. Right. And everybody was off work on Monday. And oh. all of a sudden, I was playing to about a hundred to hundred and twenty-five people. Damn! And it was full—not all the way forward, but yeah, full, but yeah. full, right? And I was hella nervous because before I was like <laughs> just playing every range of music, mostly right. like dance music and some ambient stuff, but nothing succinct or anything. Right. And so, but I had been practicing a lot at home, right? So then it was eleven o'clock, right? And I was like. I got to play a dance record, right? (laughs) So I play um, Free, the song Free. And that song came on. It was like, ding, 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 ding. Where are you going? And then all of a sudden, like, people start clapping and dancing. I was like, this is fun, right? (laughs) So then, like, I played and I killed it. It was like, the only thing I equated to is, like, A heroin addict, right? Right. Because they're always (laughs) chasing that first hit. I'll never have a set that that was so pure and so perfect again. Because that was the first one. Right. And I didn't make a mistake. I played just what I wanted to play, and I just felt good. And then after that, I got a call from my boss, and was like, hey, I think I want you to be a resident DJ on Fridays.
0: Oh, wow. He bumped you up. Right. When you were living at home as, you know, kid or whatever before yeah. you went on this journey. What did you think that you would do when you got out there when you became an adult? Was it cooking? In the world?
1: Yeah. No, I didn't think it was cooking. No way it was. At one time point, I thought I was going to be a lawyer. I never really had a thought about it because you know, there wasn't a lot of prompting from my family as to what I wanted to do. Right. You know, like, that's why I wanted to give my children like every chance they want You because know? I, I don't feel like I got enough prompting. And I'm not trying to Reverse or correct anything my parents did. But I just, in my brain, I want them to know that there's options. You know, like it's it's okay for you to be a parent to suggest you want your kids to do something. Yeah. Just because they don't do it doesn't mean that you've failed them as a parent. You right. Know? If they don't do what you want to do and they do something else, then you're a successful parent because you're giving them the range of thought and motion to be mm-hmm. an individual, you know? But yeah, I don't know what I wanted to be. <laughs> Not really. I mean, I but you know, like uh, I was a stupid boy. I can't even tell you what I thought about. You know, like the
0: only thing I knew that I thought I may want to do is be an actor. Really? At that time, yeah, yeah. Um, Who was your role model for acting? <laughs> uh, like Eddie Murphy. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and there's some other people too, but really like Eddie Murphy. I think I was really into like comedy movie because I just thought it was funny.
1: But at that time
0: when you are a kid you know. he was
1: the person that it's you looked up to a legend yeah yeah. I was just telling Naja about um, the joke in it's gotta be raw where like um, he goes to San Francisco and like the gay community's mad cause he made all those Mr. T jokes and delirious <laughs> and he goes he said they were like woo woo, woo. and he looked up Put and it was just a guy <laughs> right it's just a guy sitting on top of the car. <laughs> I was like, that is so funny. And Najee was like, what are you talking about? Because he did something that I was like, hold What are you talking about, Dad? I'm like, it's an Eddie Murphy joke. You can't make those jokes now.
0: No. No. Not you could, of them.
1: you could, you could, you could.
0: I mean the way things are going now with like the sexual harassment and and all that abuse and this people are like so super aware yeah. so super woke that they like nothing gets by
1: yeah <clears throat> no it's true and it shouldn't
0: um yeah and, and and i don't know everybody's situation that we're hearing about now like you know it all sounds fucked up um but I don't know exactly. Maybe it could have been an honest joke. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. Who knows? Um, you know, it's kind of led me to think back on some relationships. Like,
1: oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I mean, did I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Should I call her up and ask if she's okay? I well, mean... <laughs> that's the thing too. It's like you know, boys are stupid, and I'm yeah. not giving anyone a pass. And we're all trying to make it through the world and figure things out too. And you know, there's a lot of things that I've probably done that's been disrespectful and. Did not mean to be disrespectful, you know, and, you know, like all these guys are saying that, you know, they forgot, you know, like maybe legitimately some of them have forgot. But, you know, to the person that has happened to, they haven't forgotten. Right. It. And that's that's the difference. Right. So don't ever inv- un- invalidate someone's feelings because right. you don't remember it, you know. Um,
0: but, yeah, I've definitely looked back on some people like
1: that one time. I- <laughs> Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm super sensitive to that now. Like I feel like some sort of way.
1: Well, that just means you're a little bit of a decent person, right? Because you should be sensitive. We should all be sensitive. Yeah. As males who have power, you know, like we don't have a lot of power because we're black males, <laughs> but we still have power as male, you know, in this male-dominated world, and women are 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 hustling to get a, a piece of the pie, and we should. Somebody said it perfectly. Someone posted on Facebook, hey man, all those men who feel like they're being harassed right now, why don't you just smile? And I'm like, yep, totally, right? I mean, it's about time. It's about time. You know, like, let's be held accountable for being the dicks that we are. (laughs) Yep.
0: What are you doing now?
1: I am opening or well, not, got, open. nah, you're not opening? I open it. It's just open. It's open for six months, um, seven months. It's the scariest thing next to like driving home with a kid after them being popped out of the womb. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like when the kid comes home for the first time, and I've done it twice, same way both times, real slow in the car. <laughs> Watch out!
0: You think they did that like back in the day, like on donkeys and shit, like that? Like they just rode the donkey or the horse real slow, like
1: you know, right? slow trot, right? Slow trot. Dude, Nazarene was swaddled and traveled real slow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's scary and it, and and it's good. Like mostly, it's good because it's mine. Yeah. You know, like um, it's nice to be recognized as a black-owned business. You know I do think of it that way because it is black owned but you know it's minority owned as well like my mm-hmm. wife and I own it together right and we we are a force and we are going to make it through and hopefully be spectacular I think so I think we're honest about our product we're honest about what we do we learn from every misstep or we learn from every great moment Just to make it better, and you know, it feels good. It feels good.
0: I like this place. I've been there a few times, and it feels like it's been there longer than seven months. (laughs) Like it sort of feels like you know, people when people come in, like, hey, Dave. Yeah. Hey, you know, you're you're sitting at the table talking, chilling stuff like this. It feels like it's been lived in, like you know, like an old mobster. you know,
1: <laughs> spaghetti I like spot. I like that. I like that. <laughs> hey, Sal, right. come over here. You know, it's too like... <laughs> many windows for being an old mop spot. But... That's true.
0: That's true. I always sit with my back so I can see the windows. Oh, and look at you, Malcolm. And I'm at the escape.
1: <laughs> right. That's the Malcolm
0: X move. Where'd oh, your middle mind. name come from? I have the same middle name as my dad, and my brother has the same middle name. I you?
1: was supposed to be a girl, mm-hmm. and my name was supposed to be Jada, but I was not a girl. So now, that's too bad
0: could to be sitting pretty right now oh
1: that's true <laughs> big ass David was up um, my mom's really good friend his name was Aaron, and she's always liked the name David so that's mm. what happened because she I was not really planned you know and my dad there's bio dad there's a chance that I have some siblings that I don't know about uh, right so um, <laughs> I wasn't really planned and she wasn't planning on having a boy wow but I think she was like, on the top of the fact that you ain't supposed to be here. Right. She told me that once. You're supposed to be here, <laughs> girl. She said, if it wasn't for your grandma, you wouldn't be here. <laughs> I was like, thanks, Grandma. And I wasn't even, like, mad. Like, people would hear that. Oh, my God, that's so horrible. I'm like. Grandma gives you
0: a high five, like. Tah.
1: Right? So that lady, she um, used to do hair, and she used to party a lot. She used to drink a lot. And I remember, I think I was like, I had to be five. And we were over at her house my aunts and uncles and everybody, and she had a stroke. Mm. Right. And I remember my Uncle Pete, like, whisking her up, taking her out, because mm. I think at that time, ambulance were coming a little slow to those black neighborhoods, right? Yeah. So they drove her to the hospital. Things ain't changed. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's why people are mad now. That's what I'm saying. Feelings are strong because it ain't changed. Right. It's right. not changed. Right? So um she was super mind-strung, but she was paralyzed in the entire left-hand side of her body, but still smoked. She had a speech impediment. She never wanted to go to physical therapy because she was stubborn. You yeah. know, like, And so she would talk, and people think I'm making fun, but she's David, right? She would talk like that. Yeah. That's how all the grandkids know her, so it's not making fun of her. Right, you know, right, right. People to think I'm being insensitive to my dead grandmother but that's just how she spoke, and that's the voice that I have in my right. mind. You know, like, I knew her before the stroke, but I was four, so I don't remember how she really spoke to me. Right. Um, but she was sharp, and she always knew what was going down, right? Like, I call myself, like, trying to smoke or something, and she was like, give me a cigarette on your back. And I was like, Grandma, I ain't got no cigarettes. You lied. And I was like, okay, hold on, Grandma, right? So I reach in her, give it to her, and she goes, don't tell your mama. <laughs> I was like, "Yes, ma'am." Right? She was a cool lady. She used to play chess, and she would let me win. And then one day, I was like, "Why you let me win?" She goes, "Well, I want you to see what it's like to to win." But now you know how to play, and we'll play. And right. she just kill me. <laughs> She's sharp. She's sharp lady, for sure.
0: For how, sure. how old
1: was she when she passed? That's the like fucked up <laughs> thing, right? Because then my mom. It's going to be horrible, I don't remember. Like, so, um, I think my mom, my grandmother was like late 50s or something like mm-hmm. that when she passed. Mid to late 50s. And when my mom got ill and was really like pretty much like getting ready to go into hospice and things mm-hmm. like that. And she goes, well, at least I made it longer than mama. So I was like, dude, you're young, so let's not like be like... <laughs> You know, like, that's when I knew that, I mean, I always felt like I was a man, you know, like, having kids and everything is very surreal, but when I was able to, not able, when I came back here to help my mom and dad Mm -hmm. attend with this illness, and the first time that I took over and I talked to the doctors, I was like, you know, whatever happens now after this date, you don't talk to that lady. You don't talk to that man. You talk to me first, and then I mm. will talk to them. And there's nothing you can going to do about it. And they both were like, okay. When that happened, I knew that, like, they viewed me as, like, an adult. Right. You know, like, not a peer. Because like I'm you just a got your silver on your back. Oh, I didn't want it, son. <laughs> Take it off. <laughs> right? Oh, <laughs> <Right? laughs> Right? No, I don't want that. But it had to happen, and you yeah. know, unfortunately, in every child parent's life, there's a switch. Yeah. Where you become the caretaker and start doing that. My mom got ill. She actually got ill in San Francisco, mm. right after the wedding. Um, was like they had recommended for a lung transplant. She goes, "No, nah, I don't need it." Right. And was still smoking up until right. the day that. She couldn't smoke anymore because right. she had pneumonia for the last time. Like, not like she passed away, but she had pneumonia. And right? She, they're like, you can't smoke anymore because we're going to put you on oxygen. If you smoke, you're going to blow up. And they're, and they're like, you should have been using the oxygen. And I was like, what do you mean should have been? She goes, well, we've come to the house several times and they've turned it away. And I was like, wow. Oh um, no. That's when I was like, boom, that's not happening anymore. Right. Oxygen's coming to the house. You're going to. I don't want people to see me. More. like do you want people to see you? <laughs> you know, like, you know, it, it, it changed, you know? Like, I wasn't trying to be disrespectful, but I was I was caring and, yeah. and trying to be nurturing because, you know, she was having a hard time walking stairs, and, you know, Naja was young at the time, and so it was, like, kind of freaking him out to see his grandmother like that because he had a relationship with her. Ruby never met her. She oh, wow. died the fall before Ruby was born. Dang. But my mom, like, left, you know, a black family's always, like, someone psychic. Right. Yeah. Well, we got the, the knowing. <laughs> we went over. It was a birthday party for my aunt or something. And my mom's like, "Somebody who's pregnant with a girl? And we hadn't told oh. nobody. <laughs> we didn't even know because we didn't want to know what it was. Right, you know, I mean, right. What, what the baby was because we wanted to be a surprise. And we're like, I don't know who's pregnant with a girl. <laughs> yeah, it was us, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah,
0: it's funny that, like, it's a thing. It's a thing. You know, I wonder if other other families have that. I mean, they must, right? Those those premonitions. Do you think
1: it has to?
0: Because I want to. Of course, you want to trace it back to, you know, the <laughs> tribal silverback
1: passed on to, from mother to mother, and I really believed. <laughs> All right, I'll tell you the ghost story. <laughs> After my grandmother passed away, um, I went back to school, Indiana, and I had a dream about my grandmother, right? And then, and she was just like, everything's going to be okay, right? Because kind of weird shit happens in our family, right? Yeah. So then I woke up the next mo- morning and I was like, I called my mom, I was like, mom, I had a dream about grandma. She goes, I did too. And then my sister's like, I did too, right? And so they're like, she was like walking around. Actually, she didn't have a dream about it, but my sister had a dream about it. But my mom said, well, she was here last night. right? And I was like, what do you mean there last night? Well, she was walking around and broke the coffee table. And I was like, what coffee? We had a glass coffee table with like corners on it. Like we always thought some cousin was going to die on it and get impaled (laughs) because... They just run around, and my my father's like, watch them kids! You lose it, right? And my brain, I was like, well, you bought the damn coffee table. What do you think? (laughs) So, I'm going to give you a little, we're going to do a little feedback on this coffee table before my grandmother broke it. Right. Right. (laughs) My parents went out of town, Uh, and I had a party. Right? And this kid, Nathan Hurst, was sitting in a chair, and he was like leaning back and he fell back through the glass coffee table. <laughs> right? Yeah. So all my friends were like, oh, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. What's going on? Someone help me. Because I knew I wasn't supposed to have the party. Right, right. Right. And so we got it all cleaned up. And a friend of mine was like, uh, I bet you can get another glass sheet at Kirkwood Glass. And I was like, <laughs> you think so? I'm like, yeah, I'll pick you up tomorrow white friends are amazing right? I'll pick you up tomorrow we'll go I'm like alright let's go and we went and we got and he said all we have in stock right now for that size coffee table is um, we only have windshield glass we don't have any of the other glass and I was like okay now I didn't care or think right, right, right. we bought it put it back on <sighs> right so this entire time you know like my grandmother died when she was, when I was 22, maybe going on
0: 23.
1: Yeah. This happened senior year in high school. So this whole time they never knew there was a replacement table. Wow. Right. And I never told them. Right. So then my mom's like, well, she broke, she broke the coffee table. Walking around, I guess she's not used to her legs anymore. Right. Right. And. First off, that's a crazy thing to say. She's a ghost, so why does she need to work her legs in? It doesn't matter, right? Think on that for a second. The second part is, how is the glass broken around the table? She goes, oh, it's all around the table. And I was like, Mom, there's no way that glass can be all around the table. And she goes, why? I said, it's window shield glass. It's supposed to just crack. And she goes, no, it's not. I'm like, I broke that table seeing you here. And I can tell you that it's not supposed to do that. Yeah. And it's like to this day, I tell the story all the time. Like My sister even tells the story. It was like in charge all around. And I was like, I guess grandma did come to the house. Right? Wow. And that's probably one of the craziest like stories. So still gives me goosebumps. Jeez.
0: Yep. Man, nice to have white friends.
1: That was awesome. (laughs) I'll pick you up. Cool. Oh, that's it.
0: All right. It's over. But you can continue the conversation on our IG page at TBS underscore podcast. Or you can hit me with an email at somecollegeradio at gmail.com. And do not forget to tell a friend and subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. The B-Side can be found just about everywhere you listen to podcasts. If you listen on iTunes, rate us. It helps to build up our cyber street craze. Special thanks to my guest, David Kirkland. Shout out to Brizo for the beat. This show was produced and edited by some guy, and that guy is saying peace. Peace.